Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Hagiga has been dedicated in memory of Hacham Raful Muhaddeb Ben Garaz and Marie Muhaddeb Bat Jamile. Ruah Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Elion Amen. Dedicated by Dr. Isaac and Lily Mahadev Hashem Ishmirem Vehayem Amen. Daf Yud Bet. Today's Daf is being studied in the Alim Shmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruah Hashem Tanihanu Began Eden Amen. Today's Daf is being studied in the Alim Shmat Abraham Shinifthal Bekitsuri Amin Bishanim Ezra Ben Tune Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tenehenu Began Eden Utenish Matot Sedura Besor Hayim Amen We begin today's daf on Yudbet Amud Rishon Eight lines from the top Amar of Yehuda Amar Rav Adam Rishon Misof Aulam Ve'ad Sofo Haya Rav Yehuda says the name of Rav That the height of Adam Rishon Was from one end of the world to the other end of the world. Shneimar leminayom asher bara elohim adam ala aris ul mikseh shamayim vaad kaseh shamayim, which means it says Adam Rishon went from the aris leminkseh shamayim from one end of the shamayim to the end of the end of shamayim. Now we explained in yesterday's daf that this means in a spiritual way as well that Adam Rishon towered with a very holy neshama over all the creation. Kevach shesarah. But once literally he went sour, which means he ate from the tree. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Baruch Hu put his uh, hand on Adam Rishon, so to speak, and he minimized him. He diminished him. Shneimar, v'tashet alai kapecha. Reason you placed your palm upon me. So the Gemara says, Yachev. This is so. Kashu kerae ahadade. We have a contradiction in the Pesukim over here. Because the beginning of the Pesuk says, Adam Rishon was mina ares ad kesea shamayim. Right? The Pesuk says, Adam ala ares ul mikseah shamayim. That sounds like he went from the ground to the heaven. But then the end of the Pesuk says, mikseah shamayim, mikseah shamayim. It says, from one end of the world to the other. So did he go from the earth to the heaven, or from one end of the heavens to the other end of the heavens? So it says, Stira in the Pesukim. So, Kashuk, both are the same Shi'ud, which is the distance between the ground, the artists, and the Shamaim, to the Shamaim, to the Mishashman, to one end of the world, to the other end of the world, is the same Shi'ud. So, there was just uh, different ways of saying the same measurement. There's an interesting note here as I'm looking from Rabbi Mordechai Yafeh, the Levush. He says, we should envision one sphere, the earth, exactly in the center of another much larger sphere, the heavens. Adam lay upon half the circumference of the inner sphere reaching from east to west. If for argument's sake the earth has a circumference of 25,000 miles, then Adam extended for 12,500 miles. The outer sphere is much larger than the inner sphere, so that the distance from the surface of the inner sphere to the outer sphere is also 12,500 miles. Thus the distance between the two spheres from the earth to the heavens is equal to the distance between east and west from one end of the earth to the other. Okay, either way it makes Adam and Rishon very, very tall. There were ten items that were created on the first day of creation. That's the heavens and the earth. Which we'll see what Tohu is. Light and darkness. Ruach, the winds. Waters. The length of the day. The length of the night. And now the Gemara is going to explain one at a time. Shamayim va'ares. How do we know that heavens and the earth were created? Dichti bereshit bara Elohim et ha'shamayim ve'et ha'ares. Tohu va'vohu. Dichti va'ares ha'yeta. Tohu va'vohu. It says, and the world was, uh, the earth was tohu va'vohu. 
Or Bahoshek, how do we know that light and darkness? Well Hoshik Dikhtiva Hoshik up in it. Right? It says the darkness was on the surface of the deep. Or Dikhtiva Yumri Elohim, Yehi or let there be light. Ruah Umayim, how do we know wind and water dikhtiv? The Ruah Elohim, Mirachefit Al Pene Hamayim, which is the breath of God. That's the Ruah. Hovered over the surface of the waters. That's Ruach Hanmayim. Midat Yom Midat Laila, the length of the day and the length of the night. Dichtiv by Erev by Boker Yom Echad. So there's the ten items that created on the first day, which the length of the day, length of the night. Obviously, is a 24-hour period, 12 hours day, 12 hours night on a perfect uh, on a perfect night. Comes the Gemara and says, Tana, Tohu, what is Tohu? Kav Yarok. Literally means a green line. Shemakif et kol ha'olam kudo. Which encircles the entire world. Shemimenu yatsa hoshech. And from this line, <coughs> that's where darkness emerges. Shene'emar, Yashet hoshech sidro sibivotav. He made darkness his concealment around it. So that she says from the word sevivotav lemidat lamata shekava hoshik makifet hashamayim, which means this green line is circling the uh, world or the sky, I should say. And when it says sevivotav, that the, the darkness comes from around, she's from around, from emerging the green line that is around the around the sky. Now the Gemara says, Bohu. What is this Bohu? Tohu vavohu. Elu abanim hamifulamot hamshukaot batehom. So these are the uh, damp stones. So he's doing mifulamot is moist. Damp stones hamshukaot batehom that are sunk into the deep. Shemem yotzin mayim. And from these stones comes the water. Shemar. Venata alea kav tohu, that's the line of tohu, the abne bohu. So you see, bohu is actually stones. <coughs> okay, and that's where the water comes from. And he says there's different places in the Zohar that talks about these issues as well. <coughs> Comes the Gemara and says, "Shemim v'simayim la'olam." Fine. Gemara asks, "Ve'or b'yom rishon ibre was the light created on day one?" Ve'aketiv ve'itenot tamelim berki al-shamayim uchtiv ve'yirev ve'yibokir yom rebi'i. Since we just thought that the light, the sun, was created on Wednesday, and your rebi'i, how could you tell me the light was created on day one? Rav says that Rabbi El Azar, the Marbi El Azar, or Shabbat Kadosh Baruch Hu Biyom Rishon, the original light that God created on day one, Adam Sofevo Misofa Olam Da'ad Sofo. It was a very bright light, spiritual light. Adam Rishon was able to see from one end of the world to the other end of the world with that light. Kevanchir istakele Kadosh Baruch Hu b'Dorim Abul b'Dorim Palaka. When God saw the future generations, the Dorim Abul. Generation of the flood, Vador Palaga, that's the generation that built the Tower of Babel. So you saw that their deeds are destructive. So therefore, they were perverse. So God took the light back from the world and He concealed it. That God refrained from the Rishaim, their light. So who did God? Concealed this light for the tzaddikim, for the tzaddikim in the future. It says, and God saw that the light was good. And tov is a reference to the tzaddikim. Once God saw that the light was taken and concealed for the tzaddikim in the future, samah. That brought some hot tacos, but Kushne Emar, or Sadiqim, Yisma. Right? The light of the Sadiqim will bring some hot. Ketanaim. It's actually Mahlouk Ketanaim. Or Shabbat Kosbarkub Yom Nishon, Adam Sofim, Abid Bom Sotaulam, Baal Sofo, Devreir Biakov. 
Right, so Yaakov learns the first light was not a regular light, it was a spiritual light that Adam and Yishon had great spiritual ability to see from one end of the world to the other end of the world. <coughs> so the B, Yaakov said, say, no, actually the sun was created on day one. It's a regular light, the light that we know. But it wasn't hung until Yom Rebi'i. So it was created on day one, and it was hung on the uh, the atmosphere and there in the sky on uh, day Rebi'i. So therefore, it's the same light. Now, regarding this light, uh, the is a famous Baal Shem Tov that says, "Where did God hide the light?" The pasuk says, "Or this is called the Organus, this hidden light." So he says that it's hidden in the Torah. Actually, in the Torah Shabbat Peh. Means those people that study Torah Shabbat Peh, Rachamim, the Tzaddikim, they're able to draw from this uh, magic light, the light of vision, and that's where the Rachamim get their ability to give advice and counsel, because they're drawing from the light that HaKaz Baruch Hu put in the Talmud. And he brings a remez to this, the Ba'al Turim, Parashat Bereshit, on the Pasuk, Vayar Elohim et Ha'or Kitov. He says the word et ha'or is the same gematria bat Torah. So where is et ha'or? Where is the light? In the uh, Torah. Furthermore, uh, there is a interesting interpretation from a rabbi called the Be'er Ma'im Hayim. He says, based on this, we can explain the pasuk like this: Vayikra Elohim la'or yom. So God called the Or Yom. So He says, um, "What does it mean He called the Or Yom?" So He says, "If you remember, we learned in the Gemara where there was a fellow that came to the yeshiva one day a year. So they wanted to identify him. So they called him Bar Beyom the Hajoma, which means Bar Berav the Hajoma. He's the yeshiva man for one day. So therefore, they would know this is the uh, the one day a year man." So the Gemara says, he says over here, Vayikra Elohim la'or yom. This or, God wanted to refer to, because it's a special light. And it only served for one day. So it was a one day or. So they called the or yom. This is the one day or. Because after it served for one day, God took it and he hid it. So based on this, he explains the Pasuk, that this or did come out in this world, when at the time of Yisiyat Misraim, all the great lights of the heaven came down, all the miracles were happening. So he explains the Pasuk, Vayosha Adonai et Israel, Bayomahu. So he explains, Bayomahu, which is from the strength and the power of Yomahu. What's Yomahu? Vayikra Elohim Naor Yom. So Vayosha Hashem et Israel, Bayomahu. Based from that day. From the Yom of the Or Ganus. That was the um, Or that was revealed and will be revealed uh, once again to the Tzadikim Nati Dabo. Kabzi Gemran says, Amar of Tuvia. Amar of Sutra, that is, Bar Tuvia. Amar Rav. Ba'asara Devarim Nivraha Olam. With ten different uh, traits, we'll say the world was created. Ten things. Be'ochmah, Ubedmuna, Ubda'at. Achmaz wisdom, Tevunas insight, Da'at is understanding, Bechowah, Ubege'ara, Ubegebura, Kowah is strength, Ge'ara's rebuke, Gebura's might, Besedek, Ubishpat, that's righteousness and justice, Behesed, Ubrahamim, kindness and compassion. Those were the ten midot that were working at the time of creation. Rashi, just explain some terminologies here. Chokmah, Yudayah Mashalamad. That's uh, information. He knows what he learned. Tevunah, Shumivin Davar Hadash, Bepepul Chokmato. Tevunah is able to learn new information from the information that he already has. Slomed Davar, Metok Davar. That's Tevunah. Ba'at, Yishuv. Ba'at is uh, clarity. Kawach, Hu Kawach, Azirua. So the ability to plant. To cause things to grow. Gibura, Gibura Talib refers to the uh, strength of one's heart, this control of passion. Yara Nizifa is rebuke. Okay, and the Gibura is going to explain each one of these items.
comes the Gemara and says, "Bechokma betmuna dechtiv Hashem bechokma yasad ares konen shamayim betmuna." So very clearly, Hashem founded the earth with wisdom. He established the heavens with insight. Bedat dechtiv bedato tehomot nipkau. Through his understandings, the depths were cleaved. Bekolach ugbura dechtiv. He sets the mountains with his strength. He is girded with might. With rebuke. The pillars of the heavens shuddered and are astounded by his rebuke. Now we'll see exactly how God rebuked the heavens. Righteousness and justice are your throne's foundation. Which means, if God, the Pasuk says, remember your compassion and your kindness, for they are from time immemorial, which is from the beginning of creation. Now basically, Ibn Ubaqiyah explains that each one of these uh, ten things that we mentioned is a reference to the ten sefirot, which is a Kabbalistic uh, explanation that each one represents a different sphere in the heavens where God uh, manifests himself with that midah and each one represents a different area in the uh, ten sefirot <coughs> when God created the world so the world was just expanding, like the two unraveling balls of the thread, which means the thread is like it's unraveling and going and going and going. So God had to rebuke the world to bring it to a standstill. The pillars of the heavens shudder and are astounded by his rebuke. I am the one that told the world, die. The world was expanding and expanding. We'll see exactly uh, what what, what it's meant by. But let's go one step further. That was the sky. Now when God created the Yam, that's the oceans... Again, the oceans were just expanding continuously. Until God rebuked the oceans and dried them. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry and makes all the rivers parched. So what's the symbolism behind this Gemara over here? So there's a Hedusharim. Uh, Hadushanim says uh, that that's why we refer to people that have fear. We call them Yireh Shamayim. We don't call them Yireh Hashem. When those that fear the Shamayim. What do you mean fear the Shamayim? You just say Yireh Hashem. So he says, because if, remember we just learned in the Gemara over here, that the Shamayim was expanding and expanding and expanding, and it stopped. It controlled itself from the rebuke of Akadosh Baruch Hu. And that Shamayim still maintains that fear because it received the rebuke. So therefore we say Yirat Shamayim, our Yirat should be like the Yirat the Shamayim. That when it received the rebuke of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it listened. And the fear still manifests itself until today. And therefore we have to learn from the Shamayim to have Pahad of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Kliyakar uh, gives Rimazim on this Gemara over here that... Uh, Human beings are uh, made up of the heavens, that's the Neshama that he has, that's the Shamaim. And also made and Shamaim, it's also where there's water, and it's also made up of earth, of the of the artist. So these uh, areas they were expanding and expanding and expanding. It's like Baruch had to come and rebuke them today, stop. So that, that represents the nature of a human being, that the nature of a human being, he constantly wants to go after his tavot and another pleasure and another desire he keeps on expanding his um, uh, his lusts she's a person who's never happy he always wants more and therefore 
the symbolism is that the Torah came along. The Torah is the Gi'arav HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the rebuke. And once the Torah comes along, so that tells the person enough. It gives boundaries. Exactly what you're allowed to speak until this point. What you're allowed to eat until this point. How you're allowed to dress until this point. So the Torah is the Gi'arav HaKadosh Baruch Hu giving limits to the uh, to the person, and it was, so that symbolizes this gemara over here. That human beings are like the shamayim and like the yam that also want to keep on expanding and going, going. But the gemara v'kadosh baruch hu put them back into uh, into the uh, right measure where it is supposed to go. That's the way the kliyakad basically explains. Comes the gemara says tanur banan bechamay omrim bechamay say. So now we have a great machlok What was created first? Heavens or the earth? So Bet Shammai says First the Shammai was created The heavens And then the earth was created Like the Pasuk says Because a clear Pasuk At the beginning God created the heavens And then the earth But says no First the earth was created and then the heavens. Well, the day that God created earth and then heavens. So as a challenge to According to you that says that the heavens were created first, Adam Does a person build the second floor before he builds his house? Because you start from the ground, then you go up. You don't build the, the, the second floor first. And how does he know that the Shamaim is called like the second floor? So the Gemara says, It calls the Shamaim Ma'alotav, his upper strata. So that's like the second floor. So he says, what do you mean? You build the second floor before you build the first floor? That's his question. So Bet-Shemai comes back to Bet-Telim. The Devrechem, according to it, says God created the earth first. Adam, does a person make a footstool and then make a chair? Because the earth is considered the footstool of a Baruch Hu. The heavens is considered God's chair. Like the Pasuch Kisi. Right? The Shamaim is my chair. The Aris Adom Raglai. And the earth is my footstool. So then what? Does the person make the footstool first? Or does he make the chair first? He has to make the chair. So each one is uh, going back and forth. So the Gemara says, V'achemim morim, v'achemim of a third shita. kahat nebra'u. That both were created simultaneously. Shneemar, af yadi yasda eres vimini tepeha shamayim. That's my hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand measured the heavens. I called out to them that they should stand together. Which means what? They were actually created together. Oh, What does Yahdav mean? They're saying either the heavens came first or the earth came first. What do they do with this Pasuk? Which means, the way he explains it, is they are dependent on each other in the sense that they are integrated, which means now that they're both created, they both keep each other in uh, in line, which means they're both connected to each other now, that one cannot exist without the other. Yahdav, now you need both of them, but it doesn't mean they were both created together. Now they're both uh, integral. Is it possible to have the heaven without the earth, or the earth without the heaven? That's what Ibn Ubaqiya explains. Ah, oh, the bottom line, we have a contradiction between the Pesukimti So Shamayim came first. So we have a contradiction in the Pesukim. So the says, Originally, when God created the world, He created them, Shamayim first, and then Aris. However, when he placed them, then he placed the Shamayim. Almost like the answer that we gave to the light. That he created the light on day one, and then he hang it up until day four. So the same thing over here. God created the Shamayim and the Aris. Shamayim first, and then when he hung them up, so the Aris was first, and then the Shamayim. Now, there is a great ma'loket in Masichet Arubin on Yud Gimal. Philosophical argument between Bet Shammai and Bet Was it better? 
was man better off being created or not being created? Noah le'adam shenivra or Noah le'adam shelo nivra? Bet Shemai said Noah le'adam shelo nivra. The Bet Shemai said really he would be better off not to be created because he has more chances to sin, 365 chances, than he has to do mitzvot. It's only 248. Bet Shemai said no. Even so, Noah le'adam shenivra. And then went on and on. Until eventually the Gemara says <coughs> that Bet retracted. Bet retracted and agreed to Bet Shammai that Noah Adam Shalonivra. So we can explain that this Mahlukat over here is really based on that Mahlukat. According to Bet Shammai, Bet Shammai says the Shammai was created first, and then the artist. Which means really the artist is secondary. The main thing is the Shammai, which is men would have been better off not to be created. Therefore, the artist is only secondary. However, according to Betel, no, the artist was created first. That's the, the purpose of the creation. And therefore, man was definitely better off to be created. But just like he says, the Ayun Yaakov speaks this out. Hillel, Betelel retracted from their statement over there. We have to say he retracted from his statement over here again. So therefore, must be that according to this, Betel agrees to Bet at the end that really the was created first because Noah Adam Shalom Nevra. So with this, there's an interesting Ibrahim in Masichet Tamid, he says, and Daflamid Bet. says, the Hachamin told Alexander the Great, Alexander Mokedom, that the Shamayim were created first. Alexander asked the question. So the Rabbi said, the Shamayim was created first. So the Rabbi Yashaya Pik asked the question, why did they answer according to Bet Shamayim? The Hachamim should have answered according to Bet And to say, because must be he retracted. Why? Because since they retracted in the Gemara Arubin, Noah Ladam, Shilonivra, they agree. So therefore, Lonivra means Shamayim is the Ikar. Aris is only uh, secondary. <coughs> in any event, the Gemara continues. <coughs> Gemara goes now to explain what, why the Shamayim is called Shamayim. My Shamayim, Amar of Yosef Rahanina, Shesham, Mayim. So Shamayim, Sham, Mayim. So there's waters, we know there's waters above the heavens and below, below the heavens. So this, since there are waters that are in the heavens, that's why the uh, Shamayim is called Shamayim. Actually a combination of fire and water. Ish umayim, Shamayim. Means they're called the firmament of the heavens is actually a combination of fire and water. That's Shamayim. Right? The Shamayim is as if it's like, a, it's like an Aleph there. Shin Aleph. Shamayim. So therefore it's like Ish and then Mayim. Sha'al Rabbi Ishmael to Rabbi Akiva because you ma'alchim baderich. Okay, one time Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Akiva are walking on the road. So Rabbi Ishmael asks Rabbi Akiva because you ma'alchim baderich. Amar le Rabbi Ishmael says, "Ata sheshimash tet nachum ish gamzu asim ushtayim shna." You served nachum ish gamzu and studied with him for twenty-two years. Shaya doresh kol atinch matur and nachum ish gamzu was famous for that he was doresh every et in the Torah. So, et as shamayim ve et ha'aris, ma yadoresh behen? Oh, so the first one, Bereshit bara Elohim, et as shamayim ve et ha'aris. What was his derasha on those two itin? Abadeh, so Rabbi Akiva says, Idu ne'ema shamayim ve ha'aris, ha'iti omer shamayim shemo shel ha'kadosh baruchu. I would have thought that shamayim and ha'aris are actually names of ha'kadosh baruchu. I would have said, Bereshit bara Elohim, shamayim ve ha'aris. I would have thought that Elohim, Shamayim, Ba'aris, that's all part of the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So now, Ashav Shneemar, Et HaShamayim Ve'et HaAres, Shamayim, Shamayim Memash. Ares, Eres Memash. Now I know that the Et, so the Et tells me that no, it's actually separate items, and it's actually not referring to the names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's referring to what God uh, created. So Kazi Gamaran says, Et HaAres Lamadi. So now et ha'aris is actually, because the person just could have said, Bereshit ba'al Elohim, et shamayim ba'aris. Once already have the first et, I know it's not in the names of God. I know it's already a creation. So what is the second uh, et ha'aris la'mali? So it's the agdim shamayim ba'aris. In order to place that God created the heavens before the earth. That she says, la'agdim shamayim ba'aris, di'ilo ketiv et, 
If it didn't say it, if it just would have said Bereshit Bara Elohim, it, Hashamayim veHaAris, Havamina Keahat Nevreu. I would have thought they were created simultaneously, but you, but there's no way you can tell me simultaneously because you can't say two words simultaneously. So you just take away the it, and then that would imply that it's all happening at the same time. You can't say two words at the same time. So therefore the Torah wrote The et is to teach me that we created at separate times. The Akdim Shamayim Vares. You have to say that Nahomish Gamzu is following the Shita of Bet Shamay, or according to Bet Tanil, according to where we explained uh, that he uh, retracted. Comes the Gemaran says, Ve'ares ayeta tohu vavo. So now the Torah starts to expand on what, the, what was going on in the Ares. It was tohu vavo. Tohu, we explained, was the kav uh, tohu. Which is the darkness? That's where the darkness comes from. And Bohu was the stones. But it's discussing bottom line the situation of the artists. So the Gemara says, "Shamayim at Chil Beresham." My Shenad the Kahashi Masi Aris. You already started with the Shamayim. Bereshit Baranim with the Shamayim with the Aris. The Aris I tato. Keep the same sequence. You start with the Shamayim, discuss the Shamayim. Why did you go Shamayim the Aris and then go back to discuss the Aris? The Aris I tato. So the Gemara says. Mashal, a king, mortal king, tells his servants, right, Come early tomorrow, meet me by my door. So in the morning, among his servants, he found both men and women. Who does the king, who is he impressed by? Who does he praise? To those that are not normally getting up early and woke up early. That's the ones that get the praise. A man, he wakes up early every morning. He gets up every morning to go to work. But a lady doesn't always get up early. So therefore, who gets the praise uh, in the morning? So it's the lady. So similarly, when God creates the heavens and the earth, according to this opinion, it's following the opinion, we have to say, that the heavens and the earth were created simultaneously. Who said, I want both the heavens and the earth to be created. So both came with great uh, alacrity and they were created uh, at one time. Who gets the praise? The one that's not normally uh, speedy. And who's that? <coughs> the artist. <coughs> Shamayim is spiritual. Spiritual things are immediate. There's no yetzirah, uh, so to speak. But things of earthly nature, they're lazy. They're heavy. And therefore, who gets the praise? The one that it's not its nature to come early, and came early. So therefore the artist, for the artist to come at the same time as the Shamayim, that's really bigger credit to the artist. Because the artist usually represents laziness. And therefore, the artist gets credit to be discussed first. Even though it was created simultaneously. I haven't seen this Kemal going to the Pinnacle, they were created simultaneously. Based on the Mashal. Because the Mashal is, he told the uh, servants, come tomorrow at the same time. <coughs> and therefore God said, they will be created together. But the artist gets the credit because of its uh, nature not to appear first. And therefore, Borei Alam starts discussing the artist itself. Tanya, Rabbi Yosei Omer, Oilaem Labiriot, Woe to the people, Shiroot, they see, Ve'elam Yotot Maroot, but they don't know what they really, they really sing. Omdot, they are standing, Ve'en Yodot, Anmahen Yodot, but they don't even realize on what they are standing. <coughs> they don't know exactly uh, how the world is in existence. Obviously, that's to be spiritual uh, realms that are in the world that are not visible. And uh, people just see the world existing and they don't, they're not aware of the real source and power of the world. So the Gemara says, What is the world uh, standing on? Upon the pillars. Okay, we know these pillars. Torah, Avodah, Gimut Hasadim, like it says in Pirkei Avod. And how do you know that? Shere Emar, Hambargiz, Eretz, Vemekoma, Vamudea, Yitpalasun. Who shakes the earth from its place and its pillars tremble. So we see that the earth has pillars. Amudim, Alamayim. Now those pillars, what are they standing on? They're standing on water. Now we know water. 
has a <coughs> usually a connotation to Torah. Which means, even that we said there's three pillars, Torah, Avodah, and Gilut Hasadim, but the pillars of Avodah and Gilut Hasadim are dependent on the pillar of Torah. It's not Gilut Hasadim like a person thinks, what he thinks Hasad is, it's Hasad as defined by the Torah. Service, Avodah is also dependent on the Torah. So therefore the main pillar really is the, the water, because the other pillars are also dependent on the Pillar of Torah, Shleimah, the Rukah Ares, Alamayim, right? He spreads out the earth upon the waters. Maim Aleharim. Now the waters they stand on the mountains. Who's that? Tachamim. That's the Gedolei Dor. They're called the mountains, which is the Torah is to be defined according to the spiritual giants of every generation. <coughs> Could have been the prophets in the olden days. Today we don't have prophets, so it's the Gedolei Dor. That's the mountains. Shleimah Alharim Yamdumayim. Right on the Harim. Yamdumayim, the Torah stands to the interpretation of the Harim. <coughs> harim Beruah. The mountains stand upon the wind. Now, wind, or we can say the uh, spirit. Which means, this is referring to over here, that what makes a Gadolador a Gadolador? His ability to control his spirit. What is control of spirit? That's the concept that Maharsha explains of free will. Which means a person has free will to control his spirit, whether to do good or to do bad. So therefore, his greatness comes from where? His ability to choose to do good. And constantly choosing, like Avraham Abinu had ten tests. He paid his ten tests, his ten tests. That made Avraham, Avraham. So that's the mountains stand on the Ruach. Because they uh, uh, use their free will in the proper way. Like the Pasuk says, Kinei Yotzer Harim. God creates the mountains as well as the spirits. Ruach Bisara. The wind stands upon the storm. Now, what is a storm? So the Mahasha explains that this is talking about the Yetzirara. Uh, That's the storm. Free will, which is the manifestation of a person's neshama, of the Ruach cannot exist if there's no storm, if there's no Yisrara. If there be no evil inclination, then everybody already would be pre-programmed just to do good. So therefore the Ruach, which is represented of this free will of person, needs to have a counterpart to it, which is the Yitzhara, and now a person is able to conquer the Yitzhara, and uh, do right. So therefore the Ruach, the free will, is dependent on the Se'ara. Se'ara! Which means the wind, the storm, does its bidding. God, God's bidding. The storm is suspended from the arm of the Holy One. And from beneath are the arms of the one who is suspending it. Now what does this uh, represent? So the Maharsha explains that even when man is battling the Yitzhara, the Gemara says, in Baruch Hu That even in our fight of struggle of free will to do the right thing, if God would not help us, we would not be able to succeed. So therefore, It depends on Kadosh Baruch Hu. Even the evil inclination, our battle can only depend on God aiding us. So that's the opinion of... Who's talking over there? That was the opinion of the brighter She's They see a war, but they don't know, they don't know the, the secrets. They don't know that it's depending on Torah, Avodah, Hasadim, and the power of the Torah in the world, the power of the Gedolim, and the power of free will, the power of the Yitzhak. These things they don't see. The earth stands on 12 pillars. Which means he sets borders of the nations according to the number of the children of Israel. How many children of Israel are there? 12. So there's 12 pillars. And some say 7 pillars. She craved out its seven pillars. There's one pillar that the world stands on, and the name of the pillar is called the Sadiq Shreemar. That the Sadiq is actually the pillar of the world.
So he says over here, the Gemara Makot presents several teachings that shed light on the dispute of Al Gemara regarding the number of pillars. The Gemara says that there are 613 mitzvot. It was sometimes practical for people to concentrate on a smaller number of ethical requirements that would serve as a basis for their total observance. Which they would focus on certain key mitzvot, and that would lead them to the to the whole picture. So David established 11 of these requirements. But as the time went on, people could only fulfill less. So therefore the prophet uh, Yeshaya came along and established six essentials. Not they could only keep the six, but the six will lead you to the 613. Habakkuk established one. And what was that? That was Habakkuk. Meaning Emunah will lead you to everything. Of course, everybody agreed that person has to have uh, uh, faith. Right? Even David and Yeshaya. So the uh, 12 pillars are actually, the seven pillars are Yeshaya 6 plus faith. The one pillar named righteous person is faith alone. That's referring to what Habakkuk came along and uh, did. So that you have Imunah. Okay? And then you have, how many did David make? David had... Yeah, David established 11 of those requirements. So you have the 11 plus uh, Imunah. So that's 12. It seems that Yeshayah's six were some of David's. He just cut it down to six. So the eleven of David plus the one of Habakkuk, eleven was twelve. So that's the twelve pillars that uh, it's referring to. Now the Gemara is going to discuss the different... Actually, there's a, a interesting derashai on this. When it says, Oy lahim labiriyot, shiro'ot venam yud'ot maro'ot. Ha'aris al-ma'umedet. Many people, they see things that happen in the world, they cannot understand it, they cannot make sense of it, especially tragedy. They can't understand how, uh, how such a thing can happen, how it's justice, how it, how it can make sense from a compassionate uh, God. <coughs> so the Gemara is saying, these people cannot understand many things of this world that they don't even know they can't understand. To them, they think the world is in existence, I think it's a very simple thing. But if they analyze it, the world is actually suspended in space. There's no uh, uh, foundation. It's flying through space at thousands of miles an hour uh, through the uh, through the uh, through the galaxies. Uh, now, if they would see that, they'd say, "Wow!" Which means, even though at superficial vision, you don't see it. You see just the world standing, and you don't realize that we're spinning and we're spinning uh, very fast uh, through the uh, galaxies and the heavens. So, therefore, not everything as we see it per se, is its real mitziut, is its real reality. We see the world, but nobody, if you would tell a regular person, uh, do you feel like you're spinning now? No. Which, ah, do you feel like you're flying? Do you feel like the, that you're just hung at, hanging out in space, nothing underneath us? It's just uh, air on the bottom of us, or, 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 or emptiness on the bottom of us, or on top of us, on the sides of us? No. But you show a picture from space, and you see the earth is a round uh, cylindrical uh, uh, object, that's just like a ball, they're just floating around. Uh, so therefore, not everything you see as really, your perception is really true. So therefore, the Gemara says, Oy lahem labiriyot. When people have oy, when people have woes, when people have uh, troubles, shiro'ot ve'enam yod'ot maro'ot. It's because they're seeing the, the things happen to them, but they don't know what they really see. They don't, they don't interpret it the right way. Just like... They see the earth and they don't know what the earth stands on. And therefore they should learn a lesson from that. That not everything we see is its real reality. Just like the earth as we see it is not its real reality, so to the oi. Oi lahem, the woes that people have, the tragedies, it's because shiro'ot ve'enam yod'ot maro'ot. That's the menachem, the ayun menachem, the way he explains it. According to the derasha, of course. Comes Gabran says further. Amar of Yehuda. The Yehuda says, "Shene Okay, there are two heavens. Shnei Okay, it's the uh, the heavens and the heaven of heavens. Two heavens. Shtakish Amar Shiva. Seven heavens. Veluhen. These are the names of the seven heavens. Vilon, Rakia, Shehakim, Zevul. Ma'on, Ma'on, Aravot. Now the Gemara is going to prove each one. 
Vilon, what is this Vilon? Vilon means a curtain. Right. So why is the first heaven called curtain? Enom shemesh kelum. It really serves no purpose. Ela nechnas shacharit v'yotze arbit. Which means it comes out in shacharit. It emerges like a curtain. And therefore it covers the darkness. And therefore once it covers the darkness, so the light is able to emerge. And at night what happens? It goes back up. So the curtain opens up. Once the curtain opens up, so the darkness comes in. So the Vilon is really responsible for renewing the creation. Right? Day and night. The Vilon opens, night closes, so the light, the light is blocked out, so therefore you have a daylight again. He spreads the heaven like a thin curtain and stretches them like a tent to dwell in. So that's the Vilon that... Uh, is referring to over here. A spread out cloth. Rakia, the second heaven is called Rakia. Shebo, Hama, Ulbana, Kotchavim, Mazalot, Kivuin. That you have the sun, the moon, the stars, the constellations. Shinemar, Vayitin, Otam, Elohim, Bilkia, Shalom. The Basum says, God put them, the constellations, in the Rakia. Shehakim, literally mills, like a millstone. Mills, it's called Shehakim. Shebo, Rehaim, Omdot. There's millstones over there in this third heaven. Vetochanot, man. And that's where God grinds the man for the Sadiqim, which is the Panas of the Sadiqim come from this. He opened the doors of the heaven and rained upon them man. From where? From Shehakim. Zibul. That's where you have the heavenly city of Jerusalem, like we learned in Masikat Ta'anit, and the Jerusalem Shal Ma'ala. Where is that? That's in the Zibul area. You have a bit of Mikdash, and Mikhail, Sarah, Gadol, Omed, Makliv, Alaf, Korban. And Mikhail, the great Malach, the great prince, stands and brings Korbanot. Like the Pasuk says, I have surely built a house of residence for you, the foundation of your dwelling forever. That's Yerushalayim Shel Ma'ala, with the Mizbayah and all the uh, furnishings and the Malach bringing the Korbanot. Now, how do you know that Zevul uh, is called Shamayim? How do you know it's called one of the heavens? We know there's a place called Zevul. But I know it's called one of the heavens. Tekhtiv. Habet mishamayim ure'eh mizzevul kochecha v'tifartecha. The Pasuk says, look down from your heavens. So which part of the heavens? From your residence in Zevul. Mizzevul kochecha v'tifartecha. So therefore it is called a shamayim. Ma'on, that's the fifth heaven. In that heaven, the angels sing songs at night. But in the day, they quiet. Out of respect of Amish, because we praise God in the day. So they don't want to interrupt the praising of B'nai Israel during the day. We say, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. So therefore, they're silent during the day. Which God commands the angels to do chesed in the day. What's the chesed of the angels? To keep quiet. What? In order to let B'nai Israel be praising Akash Baruch Hu solely. But at night, they sing the praises of Akash Baruch Hu. Anybody that engages in Torah study at night, Akash Baruch Hu, God endows him with a certain charm, a certain grace on him. The following day, in the day God will command His charm to come on a person. Why? Why does God command His charm on a person? Because Because at night the song was with what song? Shiro is the scene of the Torah. Anybody that studies Torah in this world, that's similar to darkness. Sakaz Baruchu Moshech Alaf Ochel Chesed Le'Olam Abba. Sakaz Baruchu endows him with a charm. Na'atid Lavo Shu Domeh Le'Yom. The next world is compared to daylight. This world is compared to darkness. Shnei Mar Yomam Yisavet Shem Chazdo. In the day, which is in Olam Abba, God's going to command His charm. Why? Ubalai La'Shiru Emikos. At night in Olam Azeh, He had the song with Him and He had the Torah with Him. Amar Avinevi Kol Aposek B'Devrei Torah. Anybody that desists from the words of Torah, he interrupts his Torah. And he gets involved with words of chatter, which means trivial remarks. So they're going to feed him long burning coals. 
are coals that the fire doesn't go out so fast. Retem is a type of wood that it, it, it holds the fire for a long time. And therefore, these are very burning coals. Which literally means those who uproot the tablet like words. Luach is like Shnei Luchot Which means somebody that uh, uproots. Hakotefim. They uproot the words of the tablets, which means they uproot the words of the Torah, and, which, and engage in chatter. Siyah is a conversation. What are they going to eat? Their meal is going to become the root of the rotten coals. <coughs> now, all that was talking about uh, Ma'on. We started this with Ma'on is the fifth one. We said that so the angels are singing Takaz Baruchu. And at night and in the day they are mm-hmm. quiet. So the Gibra we know the Kri Shamaim. How do you know Ma'on is called the Shamaim? You just know that there's a place called Ma'on, but I don't know it's a heaven. Shemara Shkifa Mimeon Kochekab and Ashram. Basuf says, gaze down from your holy abode from the heavens. Ma'on, that's the sixth. Shebo literally they refer to it as the arsenal. Like there's weaponry over there. Shebo Otsrot Shelig Vyotsrot Barad. So there's all different uh, uh, storehouses. They have the storehouse of snow, the storehouse, storehouse of uh, hail, to punish the shine. Va'aliyat telalim ra'in. That's the bad, uh, destructive dues. Va'aliyat agalim. And also full of beads of water. Agalim is basins of water, damaging waters. Va'hadrashil sufa us'ara. Sufa is a whirlwind, and Sarah is storms. Umearashil kitor, cave of vapor. Vedaltotem esh, and the doors of all these rooms are fire. Shneemari iftah Hashem lekat otzaro atov. Pasuk says that God has otzara tov. Now implying if there's otzara tov, there must be otzara ra. Where's the otzara ra in this uh, section over here? In the section of Machon. That's God's uh, literally the bed chamber that has all these destructive forces in it. So the Gemara says, Hane bilkiaitnu? Are these items in the heaven? Meaning you tell me, Esh, Ubarat, Shelek, Vikitor, all these things, you tell me they're in the heavens, in the sixth heaven. Is that so? Hane bilkiaitnu? These things are on the earth. Like we say in the Hallelujah every day, Dikhdiv, Hallelujah, Tashem, Minaaris. Praise God for the things that are on the Aris. And what are they? Tanini, Vikol, Teomot. The, gi- the sea giants, although, and, and all watery depths, fire, hail, snow, and vapor, stormy winds fulfill his words. So you see, these things emanate from the earth. Why does it say they're in the heavens? David asked God for compassion, and he succeeded to bring them now to the earth. You are God that does not desire wickedness. Which means evil does not dwell with you. No bad should dwell with you in your dwelling place. It seems that if, if David was able to bring them down, he weakened them. Exactly. Which is when they're in the heavens, could they have the strong force of Midatadin? By bringing them down to the earth, these things, so already he took away their, uh, their power, their destructive uh, forces to a degree. How do we know that Machon is called Shamaim? Shamaim. Mechon Shiftecha. Right? May you hear from the heavens the foundation of Mechon in your habitation. Aravot. That is the seventh heaven called Aravot. Kibra says, Shebo Sedek Umishpat Ustaka. There's righteousness, justice, and charity. Ginze Haim and Ginze Shalom, Ginze Barakat. Treasuries of life, treasuries of peace, treasuries of blessing. Nishmatam Shal Sadikim, the souls of the righteous. Veruhot Unchamot Chatil Barot. And all the spirits of the souls of people that are destined to be created. Vetal Shatil Chazbaruchu Lahayot Bometim. And the do that the Kazbar Khu is going to be used to resurrect the dead at the time of Tahayat Tabitim. Said Kumishpat, how do we know that there's righteousness and justice in the Arabo Tikhtiv? Said Kumishpat, 
Mechon Kisecha. That Siddiq Mishwara is at your, the uh, foundation of the throne. Now where's the throne? In Aravot, because that's the highest of the uh, heavens. Siddhakah, I don't know, there's charity over there. Dikhti, Vayilbas Siddhakah Kasiryon, or Kasiryon. That he wore charity, he wore charity like an armor, which means he wore it. That means God, that's the closest to God, Kibyachot. And what's the closest to God? That's Aravot, that's the highest level. With you is the source of life, with you in the highest heaven. That's life. Hashem called for peace. Meaning, he explains it to be near to him. So therefore, that's near to him. That's in the high seven. Beracha emanates from Hashem. Which is the soul of a person is bound with uh, the bond of life with Hashem. That's the Neshamot of the Tzadikim. All the Tzadikim are destined to be created. Because the Pazun says, God says that I have created these souls before He sends them down to the world. And the God is going to resurrect the Metim. A generous rain. God is going to uh, lavish to the world. You are going to establish the, re- the weary ones, which means the weary ones are the dead ones. So, with this rain, this is the dew of Ta'at Metim, is going to establish them firmly. All the different uh, type of angels, ministering angels are in that section. That's the throne of glory. The king and the living God exalted and uplifted rests his presence upon them. He rides upon the plains with his name Yah in the Aravot. God is that's the Rochev, the Merkava is over there, and the Aravot, and he's above all these levels. How do you know that Aravot is called a heaven? It says by Aravot, He rides upon heavens to help you. So therefore it says Rochev Shamaim. And by Aravot it says, the pasuk solu la rochev baravot. So the chiba, the chiba. We see one pasuk la rochev shamaim, and uh, therefore it must be a shamaim. Vehoshech veanad veadafel makifinoto. It says darkness, cloud and thick clouds surround him. Shneimar yashet hoshech setrosi vivotav sukato. Now he made darkness as concealment that covers because the darkness of water, the clouds of heaven. So the Is there darkness in the heavens where God is? Literally means he reveals the deep and the mysterious. He knows what is in the darkness, and here's the key. The light dwells within. So how could you tell me that what's surrounded by darkness really is uh, the light is surrounded by God? God is surrounded by light. Like a shadow, the Gemara says, no question. Okay, so you have the inner chambers. The inner chambers, that's Bate Barra Gavai. That's already lightness. However, in Bate Gavai, Barra, in the outer chambers, that's already where there is the uh, darkness. There's one more rakia that stands above the heads of the angels. There was a likeness of the heaven above the heads of the Hayah, like the color of awesome ice. This is already what Yehazkel is talking about in his Ma'asim Merkabah. That's like the eighth uh, level. So the Gemara says, regarding this level, Until this point, you authorize the talk. From here on in, you cannot talk. Like the book of Ben Sira says, he was a writer who lived at the times of the second uh, Benta Megdash, and he wrote something like uh, Proverbs uh, that he wrote. And uh, the Gemara sometimes quotes Ben Sira. 
Here's one of the examples. Which is things that are removed from you, that are far from you, do not inquire. And things that are covered from to you, do not probe, do not go involved. Which you've been authorized to study, study, contemplate. But you really have no business dealing with esoteric, which is the things that are uh, deep, and therefore we cannot understand. He says over here, a person who stubbornly strives to study that which is not possible to understand will force himself into mental desolation. He is comparable to someone who strains his eyes to make out the details of something too bright or too tiny. After this futile exercise, his eyesight will be impaired somewhat. So that things he could have once seen clearly will not be clear to him now. Even the things he could have seen, because he abused his eyes, he can't see them. The stubborn thinker not only fails to gain the insights he was after, but he blurs his thinking in general. Granted, if a person has been educated in the necessary disciplines, his intellectual horizon is much broader. He may approach a master constant completely beyond the ken of a lesser scholar. However, there is always a final boundary, even for the most sophisticated thinker, since he still remains human. Thus, there will always be a point at which someone exploring the mysteries of the divine must show restraint and explore no further. Baruch Adwan Amen.